the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back, as promised. It's a delight, a privilege, an honor to welcome to the show one of the most respected physicians in the field of male and female and understanding male and female cultural, social, psychological roles, as well as education. He is Dr. Leonard Sachs, S-A-X, author of several books, perhaps most relevant to today's discussion, Boys Adrift, The Five Factors Driving the Growing Epidemic of Unmotivated Boys and Underachieving Young Men, although every book he's written is uh, pertinent to this discussion. Dr. Sachs, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Airwaves of Phoenix. Thanks for inviting me. Really appreciate it. I've been reading you for many, many, many years, and your most recent I discovered over at the Institute for Family Studies, boys are falling Mm -hmm. farther and farther behind. Their sisters asking, should we care? Talk to us about what's going on here, sir. So uh, the Wall Street Journal recently published some new data uh, from the National Clearinghouse for research on uh, college. Uh, and what they found is that the gender gap in who's going to college and who's graduating from college has is now the widest it's ever been. Um, at uh, four-year private colleges, uh, women now outnumber men 61 to 39. That means there's more than three women for every two men. And uh, the researcher quoted in the report said that if this trend continues within a few years, uh, we'll be at 66-34, meaning mm-hmm. there will be two women graduating from university for every one man in the United States. Uh, and, you know, I've been talking, you, you were kind enough to mention uh, my book, Boys Adrift, which, of course, highlighted this trend. Uh, and But when I do presentations on this, people will sometimes say, okay, like, so what? Yeah, you know? right. 50 years ago, 50 years ago, women out, uh, men outnumbered uh, women 58-42, and nobody was that alarmed about it. So now the pendulum has swung the other way, uh, and uh, maybe a little bit more the other way, and women are outnumbering men, 6139. Big whoop, you know, why should we care? Well, I think there's a good reason why we should care. <laughs> and I can sum it up in three words that the researchers use. The three words that the researchers use is educational assortative mating. Educational assortative mating is a fancy way of saying that if a woman has earned a four-year college degree, if she's looking for a man to marry... She's still looking for a man who's earned a four-year degree or better. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> People don't usually I mean, marry down. About yeah. whether she right. should, but that's the reality. Right. That's what right. American women are looking for. Right. And 50 years ago, that was not the case. Right. 50 years ago, if a man was looking for a woman to marry, he might have many qualifications in mind for his bride, but a college degree was not among them. Right. If she was pretty, that, that would cover everything. <laughs> uh, uh, and indeed, 50 years ago, college-educated men were very happy to marry women who were not college-educated. But today, college-educated women, if they're going to get married, they're looking for a man who's college-educated, and there are not enough men to go around. And this is not confined to college-educated, okay? So 
I'm a family doctor in my own practice. A uh, young woman, two, two, two young kids at home, unmarried. She'd never been to college. Uh, and small town, I happened to bump into the father of her two kids. Okay. And he's going on and on about how wonderful Linda is and how she's the greatest thing ever and how he's asked her to marry him twice, and both times she turned him down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said to Linda, I said, hey, I bumped into Brett the other day, and he was talking about how great you are and how funny you are and how pretty you are and how he asked you to marry him twice, and both times you turned him down. And, and I said as gently as I could, I said, how come you don't want to marry the father of your two kids? Mm-hmm. And she said, Dr. Sachs, I already got two babies at home. I don't need a third. Right. right. Women are looking to marry men who are as uh, competent and has, have achieved as much and are as motivated as they are or more so, and there are not enough good men to go around. That's why this is a problem. You said a lot here, Dr. Sachs. We're talking to uh, Dr. Leonard Sachs. Uh, actually, you can go to his website if you want to get everything he does, uh, leonardsachs.com, helpfully enough. Uh, doctor, you said a lot here. Let's start with um, uh, the order in which you said it. I was just tr- writing down things as you were talking, uh, making notes as you were just speaking. So in the 1970, let's say, as a baseline year, the statistics were reversed on male-female achievement, at least at the college level, higher at post-secondary mm-hmm. education level. And people didn't really seem to care that much. But the women did. The women did. And to put it crudely, in a sense, one might say the phrase of the 90s decade was, you go, girl. And they did. They did. They took off, it seems to me, at least from my perspective— while men were falling further and further behind, falling may be the wrong verb. Pushed may be another one. Am I making any sense in what I say? I don't agree. I don't okay. agree with pushed. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, Christina Hoff Summers uh, wrote a book called The War Against Boys. Right. And she and I have shared a podium together, and I have very high regard for her. But uh, she would use the word pushed. She okay. argues that, that the decline of boys over the last several decades is the result of a left-wing conspiracy of which she believes Hillary Clinton is the head. Um, I don't buy it. Uh, first of all, I don't think Hillary Clinton's that that well-organized. Secondly, the factors that are in play are not a left-wing conspiracy. Uh, boys spending more time playing video games was not Hillary Clinton's idea. No, I agree with you on uh, that. I agree with you on uh, that. The, the factors that I document in the book that are driving this phenomenon uh, cannot logically be attributed to to uh, uh, left-wing crazies. Uh, it's just a, a, a bunch of different factors that have come together uh, without any evil intent, but with the unintended consequence. But, Doctor, isn't it fair to say your patient... But isn't it fair to say your friend or patient, uh, the, the, uh, the unmarried woman who said, I already have two babies home, I don't need a third, hasn't... Is, is the cultural messaging here not important enough to no, identify as giving her the idea that men, grown men, are boys? No, no, it's her first-hand experience of this young man, okay. that he doesn't work, that he sleeps in late, that he's not working, looking for work, that he expects her to do all the chores and earn all the money, and he stays home and plays video games. And what do it we attribute to males? Experience. What do we attribute to males doing that? Okay, so... <laughs> You mentioned my book, Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) I know we're going to cross all your books here. Yeah, the five factors, the five factors driving the growing epidemic of unmotivated boys 
and underachieving young men. Okay. Uh, but one of those five factors, not the only factor, not the most important factor, but one of them that's easy to talk about in the short interview is video games, video games. And a lot of people over 35 don't fully get this, because people over 35, when they think about video games, you know, they're thinking about Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they don't really understand how video game can uh, become a substitute for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't played Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto right. or RDR2. They haven't uh, spent hours trying to get to the next mission in GTA V. And they don't realize these games are really well done. They are immersive. They are realistic. When you get in them, you care. When you win, you feel like you've really accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And after you complete your mission in GTA V, Spanish grammar doesn't look that interesting. Right. The culture has changed. Again, not the result of a left-wing conspiracy, but the culture has changed. A generation ago, Sam Cooke had a number one hit song. He sang, Don't Know Much About History. He's saying, now, I, I, I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be, because maybe by being an A student, baby, I could win your love for me. Mm-hmm. He goes on to mention French, geometry, and trigonometry as subjects in which he's going to try harder to earn an A rather than a B. That was American popular culture 50 years ago. It is not American popular culture today. Two weeks ago, Drake had nine out of the top ten on the Billboard Top 100 were from Drake's new album. No group, no singers ever accomplished that before him. The Beatles never accomplished that. Uh, and he is he is vulgar, he is obscene, and he is disrespectful. It is impossible to imagine Drake or Bruno Mars or Eminem or any of the other uh, celebrity rappers uh, singing about how they're going to try harder to get an A instead of a B uh, in, in trigonometry. Now, that's not the result of a left-wing conspiracy. No, that's but it is the result. In the culture. No, but that's right. So if you're attributing to men doing okay until now or okay until recently because of cultural messaging like Sam Cooke, et cetera, music, westerns, you name it, I suppose, why wouldn't the cultural messaging you're identifying now that's in the opposite direction be somewhat responsible for the discounted view of men? Well, sure. If by cultural messaging, you mean the popular culture yes. of Drake, Akon, Eminem, Bruno Mars. Absolutely. Television shows, commercials. Absolutely. And we... That's one of the five factors. I call it the revenge of the forsaken gods. Perfect. Did, I have to take a quick break. Are you able to stay a little longer? Or do you have to run? Sure. Oh, great. I appreciate it, Doctor. Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Dr. Yeah. Leonard Sachs. You can learn more about him and access all his tremendously important work at leonardsachs.com. And easy enough, Sachs is spelled S-A-X. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have with us Dr. Leonard Sachs. His most recent piece, Boys Are Falling Farther and Farther Behind Their Sisters, Should We Care, author of several important books on point, including The Collapse of Parenting, Boys Adrift, adrift, Girls on the Edge. Uh, Dr. Sachs, if I might um, ask you this question, because it seems two things are going on here. One is an increasing number of young men are not going to college. Uh, There's another, well, maybe there's three things going on. The second is there's an increasing number and percentage of working age men who are not in the workforce, educated or not educated. 
And then there's a third thing that, that, that goes to another area of your expertise as well, which is education. A lot of people aren't so convinced college is the right destination for a lot, if not most, boys these days. I don't know if you pick up on any of that in your thinking about this issue. Absolutely. So there's a chapter in my book, Boys Adrift, called The Decline of the Trades. Okay. The Decline of the Trades. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when uh, it was perfectly respectable for a young man in the United States to become a plumber, a carpenter, uh, a mechanic. Um, vocational education in the United States has cratered over the last 30 years. I can tell you about uh, many, many schools that shut down their woodworking facilities, shut down their uh, auto shop, uh, and and many public schools in the United States, high schools, boast about the high proportion of their graduates who go on to four-year college. Right. And the unintended message there yep. is that if you don't go yep. to, to college, if you go to, quote, trade school, uh, that's, that's, that's a failure. Uh, so in Boys Adrift, I share a story of uh, a friend and neighbor of mine, R.P. Brown, who owns a, a plumbing company, and he is himself a master plumber. But he can't find anyone to hire. I mean, try to hire a plumber in the United States mm-hmm. who's under 35 mm-hmm. who was born and raised in the United States. It's mm-hmm. very difficult. Mm-hmm. So he went to uh, one of the high schools in Frederick County, Maryland, and he said to the students, he said, okay, raise your hand if you're going to college. All the kids raised their hand. He said, keep your hand up if you know why you're going to college. So the girls kept their hands out. Most of the boys put their hands down. Mm-hmm. He said, for you guys who are going to college and have no idea why, I want to suggest an alternative. And so he had arranged with the school district. Uh, they would provide the space. He would provide the training. He said, I'll teach you to be a plumber. Mm-hmm. And you you." You go through my program, and when you finish, you can you will be an apprentice plumber, and you can be earning uh, fifty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you stay stay with us, and put get some experience, and uh, in a couple of years, you'll be a journeyman and then a master, and you can easily crack a hundred thousand. No college loans, nothing to pay back. And you have the satisfaction of fixing things every day that people are pretty anxious to get fixed. So uh, the school district said he had to have 50 kids sign up. There are 10,000 kids in the school district. Fifty kids had to sign up. He got 19, mm-hmm. 19, one nine. They said, all right, fine, you can still do it. So he got 19 kids. By the end of October, he was down to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many young people today are not motivated by the idea of working hard to earn a decent living. They are immersed in what the UCLA researchers call the cult of fame and wealth. Mm-hmm. Number one uh, job choice now among 12-year-olds in the United States, recent survey, they asked 12-year-olds, what do you want to be when you grow up? You want to be an astronaut? you want to be an engineer? you want to be a doctor? you want to be a lawyer? What do you want to be? Number one choice of American 12-year-olds, YouTuber. You want mm-hmm. to be a YouTube celebrity. That's right, an influencer. they're immersed in stories of people like Jojo Siwa, who did this video at age 12, which is not a very good video, <laughs> but it went viral. She's had 900 million views, and now she's a, a rich and famous celebrity at 17 years of age. And like, hey, I'm prettier than her. These girls think I'm I'm smarter than her. Yeah. Uh, I'm a better dancer than her. I'll I'll be more famous than her. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. 
uh, but they don't know this. They don't realize that YouTube celebrity, uh, there's a million kids out there going for it for every one kid who gets it. By the but way, Professor, up until about, I don't know, 40 years ago, I think my math is right on this, there actually existed men's call all men's colleges in America. I don't know that there do anymore. The last one I knew. There are two. There are two. Emden City in Virginia, uh, Morehouse in Atlanta, Fair and enough. we can also count Wabash College in Crawfordsville, Indiana, except that they want to become co-ed. Got it. Is this part and parcel of the problem? There are plenty of women's colleges. There are two men's colleges left. <laughs> uh, the decline, uh, so the men's colleges that used to be men's colleges are now co-ed. Yeah. And that happened uh, uh, because men, most men want to be with young women. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you give a 18-year-old man or a 19-year-old man a choice of attending a college with just men, or college with men and women, yeah. uh, most colleges will, most young men will choose the co-ed uh, campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a result of these changes. I'm with not you. Not at all a cause. I'm with you. There's another aspect to this, too, isn't there, beyond the video games? And some of it has to do with substance abuse. I don't know if you know of the work of Alan Kroeger. But, no, I do not. Okay, so he's a Princeton economist. He's the guy that kind of came up with this phraseology of death of despair. And he's been pointing out that never before in history have we had so many eligible working age males on drugs sitting at home uh, playing video games. But a big part of it is also painkillers, about 7 million of them. Seven million men working age addicted to painkillers staying at home. He says that's a big part of this, too. Do you agree? I wonder if you see this in your practice. No, I don't agree. Okay. Uh, the, the opioid epidemic, I would assert, for most young people that I've seen, is a consequence, okay. not a cause. Okay. So this young man is uh, aimless, doesn't really know what he want to do. Uh, Forty years ago, he might have been a great plumber or mechanic. Instead, he was pushed to go to college where he didn't do well. Rolled up a lot of debt, uh, flunked out after two years, uh, and now he's back at home in his parents' basement uh, playing video games and looking at pornography. He's pretty miserable, and he discovers that, you know, a couple of Vicodin uh, really help. They really take the edge off, and that's where the addiction comes from. Uh, he didn't become aimless and motivated because of Vicodin or Percocet or Oxycontin. He was aimless and unmotivated, and as a result, he was easy prey for the painkillers that, of course, now take him down a much darker road. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I take the point. I take the point. I'd love to have you back, sir, and talk about what uh, some of these uh, root causes are. I love the concept of putting all your books together or several of your books together, at least, The Collapse of Parenting, Boys Adrift, and Girls on the Edge to come up with this. I wonder if this can be a down payment. We can reach out to you again in the near future. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you, Dr. Sachs. My, my, Very good. My Thanks deep appreciation me. to you. You bet. LeonardSachs.com is the website if you want to learn more. S-A-X is how he spells his name. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 Ryan is in Phoenix. Hi, Ryan. 
Hi, Seth. Long-time listener, second-time caller about a week ago. Both times you had somebody got me hot under the collar. Oh, good. Good. Glad to have you again. Thank you, sir. Um, First of all, he made some legitimate points, and then he lied about a whole bunch. There is a war on boys going on in our You bet there is. I I think I got him to admit it because he denied it at first, weirdly, saying that there isn't a cultural uh, messaging problem. But then he went on to say the cultural messaging in the 60s was good for boys and boys did well. Well, if it's when it's good, they do well. Why when it's bad? Isn't that the reason they're doing poorly? Well, amen. And let, let me point to something else. And this just happened last week. True story. Don't want to name the school. But I have a best friend who's like my brother and his sons are like my nephews. They even call me uncle. And at their school, it wasn't involving them, but it was involving a friend of theirs. Two eighth graders got in a fight. Black eye, split lip, no big deal. Eight police cars showed up, and they frog-marked the kids out to the curb. Mm-hmm. It's against the law to be a little boy. Mm-hmm. If you get frog-marched in handcuffs, if when you're 13 years old you get in a fistfight with another boy that doesn't really result in any harm, mm-hmm. you have a war on male behavior and a war on male Let me point to something else. Mm-hmm. A number of years ago, I was very involved, I'm not going to say which, which one, with one of the junior college football programs here in the Valley. We, the last year, this will give it away, ranked number six in the country. That year, we had, I believe it was seven of the top 20 ranked junior college football programs in America here in the Valley. They destroyed it. They nuked it. They torpedoed it. They 100% defunded it. Why? Because they had to put more sports into girls' volleyball. The girls at the time were receiving four times the stipend the male athletes were. They had to up it, you know, because they just couldn't get girls who wanted to play volleyball. Mm Mm-hmm. All over education, any male behavior, any male sports, wrestling, boxing, football. I have a whole wing of my family who are red for ed and professors in this college. We're probably never going to speak again over exactly this issue. Mm-hmm. I literally was told by my aunt, who is a red for ed, that I should be put in jail for allowing my son to play football. You bet. You bet. It was the last time I ever spoke to her and probably for the rest of my life. Yep. I, I can't even hear that. Everywhere, and the biggest thing that he left off, the absolute biggest, biggest in all of that, every young boy he described in a critical manner, how much you want to bet their father was separated from him by the court system? Well, that you know, now that now that's a fair point, and I will give him a little bit of credit on that, just a tad, just a tad, because he was pointing out in his anecdotal example, right, the problem of uh, the mother with two children and the, who doesn't want to marry the man, right? I mean, just a little, just a little of the he problem. He on that one. But I'm going to tell you this. Nobody, in fact, this is, I've actually tried to get on Larry Elder a bunch of times. Love the guy, but this is the thing that gets me mad. They always ask if us fathers are abandoning our children. I have went through 15 years of absolute living H-E double hockey sticks to know my son, and I don't have a criminal record of any kind. I, I've gone to court 11 times. I've spent almost $200,000. I, I mean, I've been beaten in the streets by police when I had a quarter in my pocket saying I was allowed to be there. Because... Any time a father tries to assert his right to be a parent, you are squashed by this government. Mm -hmm. You know what? This government will tell you you're not allowed to play football with your kids. You know, the mother doesn't want you to go to Boy Scouts with the kids. You know, the mother doesn't want you to take camping. Oh, you're an air conditioner repairman or a plumber? How do you think most air conditioning men and plumbers learn their trade? From their dad. Right. How do you think they got a passion for it? From their dad. You bet.
You bet. And I'm just, uh, that caller just, oh, man, I'm sorry. But just like that guy last week who was saying, oh, they're just, oh, they only cover white people. I'm sorry. It was absurd what he was saying. No, was Ryan, I, I agree. I, I, read I, summers. I agree. Uh, you know, that was an odd thing to, to focus so much on the Hillary issue because we have been documenting for years. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. I've never heard Christine Summers say that. Maybe she did. But in any event. We have been documenting for years the war on boys, and it is real, and it is there, and they listen, and they know. Mm-hmm. They know. and Yeah, they do. And let me give you another example. Again, from a junior high in the Valley area, I don't want to call it out right now, but there was a thing where the girls around going around and just kind of, and I'm not trying to be inappropriate, but they would kind of snap the boys in their package. Okay. Anything, you know, like weird kids, people did that. They'd go hit each other in the nads, or they'd snap a bra. And I'm not saying any of that is fantastic behavior, but if your response to a first incident is frog-marching people out in handcuffs and putting them on a sex offender list, there's something wrong with the system. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, no, yeah, thank you, Ryan. Shame is not what you do to children if you want them to flourish. All these schools that are engaging in it now, engaging in it now, including the high school we spoke of earlier, they are creating... A problem they are sending to a time they will not see. But it will bode really ill for this country and this culture. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Senate uh, testimony today, uh, I think, by the way, my correction, I, 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 I did want to make the correction on Watergate. I said Alexander Butterworth disclosed the taping system. It was Butterfield. Sorry about that. Got the butter right. <laughs> Got the important part right. Um, today was a day like that, if not more like John Dean with the um, three generals, uh, Austin, uh, McKenzie, and Milley. The three generals contradicting their commander in chief, the president of the United States, when he said, no one gave me advice that we should keep a force, a level of force, 2,500 troops still in Afghanistan. All three testified that they had told him that they had told him that he should. He either lied to the American people or forgot on the most consequential national security decision, probably of his presidency, but easily in the last 15 years, I would say. Easily the most consequential foreign policy decision in the last 15 to 20 years. Uh, I had a uh, caller who wanted to weigh in on the male-female thing. They dropped off. It was um, something about, what was it, the LGBT lifestyle, if taken to its maximum position, uh, would uh, would leave society bereft of children, uh, would lead to extinction. Um, sure, on three out of four, uh, the T will insist that they can still have children. Yes, so could the B. Half right. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. The B and T do. The B aren't really that controversial. The T is another story altogether. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Rob in surprise. Hi, Rob. Hi, Seth. Um, happy Tuesday. Um, enjoying the show a lot. Thank you. I uh, wanted to mention uh, Ryan, the previous caller. Um, he sort of encapsulates uh, men who have been 
what's the term, emasculated. Pushed around. Leonard Sachs didn't like me saying pushed around. I'll stick with pushed around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Emasculated, pushed around. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And during my... During my first divorce, that, that's exactly what happened. Um, fortunately, I still have a great relationship with my daughters, and it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I should mention, um, last night, our podcast, and by the way, uh, me and Mrs. Rob, we decided to bow out of this podcast, but we had Kurt Schlichter on. Uh-huh. And I can't tell you how great, well, you know, he's so great. He is We great. talked about the uh, National Defense Authorization Act. And the red flag laws, um, and we, we really, we're like soulmates, almost like you and I. Kind of scary, um, <laughs> but um, he had uh, also written a book called Militant Normals back in 2018, and so, and I'd never heard of it, so I had to get it and read it, and it's really great stuff because it talks about the elite, uh, and you don't have to be an elite to think like an elite, and that's what makes you kind of an elite, which is where we see a lot of the lefty people, especially on uh, social media like, uh, you know, Twitter and so forth. And then we have the normals, which is us. Um, And then we have those normals who evolve into militant normals who are fighting back against all that stuff. Oh, and, and Kurt's still into the clash, so I don't know if you play the clash or did you want to say something about today's hearings rob uh yeah today's hearing one thing that i noticed was that not one general who testified today mentioned anything about trump's conditional withdrawal um there was not one general who protested or was willing to you know throw his stars on the table about biden's dumb decision to leave and there was no one mentioning or uh, being uh, uh, commenting over this whole mandatory military COVID vaccination thing, which is just driving me nuts. Um, I also wanted to bring up uh, Marine Colonel Stuart Scheller. He got sent to the brig uh, for bringing up the Afghan uh, issue about the failures of the seniors to, uh, you know, criticize his seniors. And there's been no comment from the Commandant of the Marine Corps. There's been uh, and he's been written up for, uh, well, Article 88, uh, contempt towards officials, Article 90, willfully disobeying a superior commissioned officer, Article 92, failure to obey an order, and Article 33, conduct unbecoming an officer and a gentleman. And, And I just, I look at this guy and I think he wrote everything properly and correctly, and yet he's the one that got sent to the brig uh, for bringing up the truth about the failure of our withdrawal from Afghanistan. And yet there's no mention of it in the regular media and no protest. And I just worry about this guy because he speaks the truth. And he's a mid-grade officer, so he's not a general or anything. But it just sort of shows that uh, CYA attitude, and nobody senior to him is standing up for him. This has been going on for so long, right? I mean, now we have... have. And and the thing is, we've had 
consequences to it before. We just don't learn yeah. from them. I'll, I'll, I go back to Nadal Hassan. The Navy knew all about him. His co-workers knew all about him. They were afraid to do anything or say anything about him, however, lest they run into the multicultural buzzsaw of the political uh, officer class in the U.S. military. Yeah, and, and that's been a problem. Well, let's see. Uh, Nadal was, what, at least 15 years ago, maybe? Well, the attack so was I, in 2009. Yeah, okay. And and so that tells me that uh, the people that have been in charge since then have been more concerned about the wrong things uh, than the right thing. You bet. I mean, the idea that General Milley can quote to us Lenin and Mao so he can say – he 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 wants to better understand our country. Uh, yeah. The same the same the same the same very problem took place when Nadel Hassan uh, committed his acts of murder, and General Casey, oh, yeah. the chief of staff of the army, the next day said, "As tragic as this is, if we lose diversity in the military, that would be worse." I'm sorry, it wouldn't be. I'm sorry. No, I love diversity. It would not be worse than death. No, not at all. And and that's where again we have a total lack of leadership in the military, not to mention the civilian seniors, because nobody has the guts to stand up and, and tell the truth, that all this diversity crap uh, has nothing to do with combat readiness. With, and, and, again, leadership is supposed to be aware of all of their people and what they're doing, what they're thinking, and, and all that stuff. And it's just wrong. No, it is. I like what one of the senators said. It might have been, well, I don't remember who it was, but he pointed out to General Milley that if the roles were reversed, he wouldn't expect a call from China warning us about an imminent threat from them. It's amazing how much we put the kick me sign on our back and do so while standing tall. It's a fiction. It's a fiction. Military leadership is the new joke. Used to be military intelligence. Now it's military leadership. Contradiction in terms. Sorry to say it. Don't know what else to call it. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. I have a fit. Welcome back. I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of aftershocks to the earthquake of the audio I played you yesterday of two ASU women of color confronting and lambasting two ASU male students who were white for being in the multicultural center at ASU. There's going to be a lot of aftershocks to this. I'll tell you one of them. We're learning more about the students. Uh, the one who was the most verbal and aggressive, it's not a fellow undergrad, as it turns out. It's, uh, it's a Ph.D. student, uh, and uh, she, Sarah is her name, evidently has some problems with the truth about her own biography. Uh, never mind that for the time being. Uh, she works for the Black Lives Matter movement or volunteers. It's unclear, but she is a proud member of that that's not any of it really very surprising. And, of course, you know, every student has the right to pursue their education and affiliate with whatever group uh, they want to. I'd love to debate her 
uh, on the merits and demerits of the Black Lives Matter movement, but it's debatable merits and demerits. I'll tell you what I think is indefensible. Uh, the two white students had a GoFundMe account to support them for uh, whatever they would need in as far as help with legal bills, defense, saving their reputations. Uh, GoFundMe took it down, saying it was a violation of their prohibited conduct policy, their prohibited conduct policy. I don't know what the conduct those males did was wrong. I have no idea what they did that was wrong except for being white, except for being the wrong color. That's not the punchline. You know what the punchline is? See if you can get it, Bill. Give me the punchline to this story. GoFundMe has no problem with and currently exists a GoFundMe page for the two women. That they didn't violate GoFundMe's policy on prohibited conduct. The boys did. Let's remember very well from the video what those boys at ASU were doing. Studying. Quietly. Studying quietly in a multicultural center. And then they were assaulted because of their race. It's not right one against the other. It's not right when whites do it to blacks. It's no less right or wrong when blacks do it to whites. We can keep going down this road where there are preferred and unpreferred races in America. We can. We absolutely can. We are. It's just going to reverse a lot of civil rights work and restore a lot of Supreme Court decisions that a lot of us learned were the worst decisions in the world. But you can have caste systems here. You can have separate but equal. Keep it up. That's where we're headed. What a shame. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.